How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's a bit of me that goes, I just didn't think that this would be your sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? When you know when you, you know someone, you're like, I thought you'd be listening to, I don't know, Desert Island Discs or Front Row or... <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. We started firstly snagging off the way young people talk. I mean, like, do you know what I mean? Like, literally. Can you think of other ones, other examples? Random. So random. random. So random. But is it random? Oh, God, you know, what? when I saw him and he was wearing that top, it was well random. Was it? Maybe it was just his own unique style. Was it random? It can only be random if he was walking down the street and he found the jumper on the floor and he put the jumper on. That would be random. But that is a jumper that he went out and bought. He likes the jumper. It's not random. It's just personal taste. Please go away, visit a dictionary, absorb that information, come back, and then let's communicate again. Okay? Very UK. Random in North America. That is not being used. It's not a North American thing. No! I mean, there's a lot of like in North America, which I Like for sure. I have like, like adopted it, like. I like literally, like, love, like, (laughs) literally, sing, like, literally. Um, It's so natural, guys. The one that I do that my best friend always calls me out on is, uh, and stuff like that. I'll be saying something and I'll go, da-da-da-da, you know, and stuff like that. And she's like, no, what stuff? I don't know. Finish the (laughs) sentence. She gets so mad at me. She's like, I don't know. And you sound stupid when you say that. I'm like, okay, thank you for your tough love. But it's like, you know what I mean? Uh, I went to the pub the other day. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I do know what you mean. I speak very good English. It's hardly a difficult concept. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was a kid at school in South London, what girls used to say was, in it though. Oh, yeah. That's so. UK. In it, in it. It's aggressive. In it, though. Because it's consonants. In it, nah. 
in it. So uh, anyway, she didn't end up going to the party because she got drunk. Yeah, but in it though. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah, but in it though, you put all those words together, they still make no sense. And yeah, I would be there in the class going, yeah, in it, in it though. <laughs> you know, you don't know what's going on. Well, you do, you join in, don't you? You want to be part of the group. So you just say the same things. I used to have different phrases that I used to say at school. And I used to have different phrases I used to say at home because my, my family was Scottish. So we used to say phrases that if you said outside the house, nobody would understand. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of new phrases that find their way into our vocabulary. School is obvious because we're with our school friends and we're desperate to fit in. But I think as we get older, I'm confused as to how we pick these things up because we're less inclined to fit in, aren't we? So we're like, I can give a fuck if you like me or not. But I'm still picking up these annoying phrases. I've started to say a phrase simply because a friend of mine said that she hated it when people said it. And now I'm saying it all the time. And that to me is... Childish? No, it's not. I'm not doing it on purpose. <laughs> I am just found myself saying it. Like she said, I hate it when people say it is what it is. I said it to Chloe recently. And now we're constantly saying it to each other. Well, anytime we can't explain a situation, we're going, well, it is what it is. What's the weather going to be like? I don't know. It might rain. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, like it's just the most annoying. It, it, it is what it is. It is What is? What is it? Is it? Right. You could use it everywhere. It is what it is. It is. It is what it is. Okay, then. It's a very useful one, I find. Yeah, that's your ender. That's your closer, as we've discussed. That's yet to catch <laughs> on, though, Maureen, isn't it? I mean, that is just you saying that. I visually imagine Maureen slamming a door in my face when she says, okay, then. I'm like, well, okay, then. it's done. <laughs> Oft is the time when Maureen's just winding a conversation down with me, uh, one that she's already flatlined in, and I'm just waiting for the, okay, then. <laughs> Sometimes it's after some really heart-wrenching um, sort of confessional conversation on my part, and Maureen will be like, she hasn't tuned in. <laughs> okay, then. And then the cat died. Okay, then. Oh, that's, remember, I didn't realise your cat had died. I asked about him about two, three years after yes. he had died. <laughs> that is why I brought it up, Maureen. A year later, Maureen came round and went, where is the cat? I was like, he died, Maureen. I, I had a whole conversation with you, telling you how upset he was that he died. And now you're going, where's the cat? Sometimes I think you don't listen to me, Maureen Younger. Pardon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> Alison, how has your week been? Good. I've been trying to think about things to talk about other than the you-know-what because last week I heard the warning that I can't keep talking about the you-know-what every week. So I'm going to change it up. No, don't listen I'm going to me. change it up, everyone. This week me. I did a, a team-building workshop over Zoom for a company. Weird. Mm, Interesting, okay. guys. I, I channeled my inner drama teacher that I once was. <laughs> and we did some feeling, get-to-know-each-other exercises. I was really hoping you'd say that you did Zip zap zop because of this. Oh my god, zip zap zop. <gasps> I really missed a good game of zip zap zop. Maybe we should play it now. No. <laughs> zip. Zap. Who's that to me? Zop. Oh yeah, it's hard because we can't. Maureen, zip. No. We're not what do you this. mean, no? What? <laughs> She's like, I'm not doing your stupid drama games. I feel like we're trying to create a little bit of connection here, Maureen, and you've just shut it down straight away. What could people listening to a podcast want more than three women playing Zip Zap Zop? I mean, not much. this is the kind of content that's been missing in, in a podcast. Yeah, there might be a reason why it's been missing in a podcast. <laughs> I'm willing to say I don't think it's happening anywhere else. I'm willing to say that much. Okay, fair enough, for a good reason. <laughs> well, um, Alison, that sounds great. I did a... Um... <laughs> I mean, this is a 
hilarious. I did a comedy masterclass. I mean, I put masterclass in inverted commas there. Don't laugh, Maureen. And um, <laughs> by the way, just to be clear, I didn't put on a masterclass. I didn't say, I know what the world needs. I am holding a masterclass. My name is Jen Brisner. <laughs> and I am the master. <laughs> Follow me, class. <laughs> Watch my comedy. Guru is a bit much, but... No, you were asked. You were asked. Yeah, I was asked by my sensei. No, it was uh, Soho <laughs> Theatre, and they were paying me. So what are you going to do? You're going to say then yes. Then yes, master. Yeah, yeah, just say yes. But I found that incredibly nerve-wracking. First of all, I was like, can we just take Masterclass off there and just say comedy workshop? Because that feels a little bit more like what's going to happen here. And <laughs> you just think, I've got nothing to impart. I have no wisdom. I've got no information. I'm a fraud. I'm a fake. Uh, don't listen to anything I'm saying. But what is incredible is that what I love about people that want to do comedy or are interested in comedy is the nerdiness is off the Richter scale, isn't it? Yeah. It was, it's actually quite interesting because it made me remember that I have actually learnt something from this bizarre job you know a lot though you do know a lot jen you're amazing no no i'm not i'm not saying that for like hey please i know that but to me a master is someone who has done it for a period of time in a variety of different environments in a variety of you are a master of stand-up comedy right you have been doing this for how many years how many hours long time you're somebody that should be sharing your experiences your mastery with others. But also, I mean, it's not just being able to do it, it's being able to teach it two different things. And I think you can do yeah. both. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I think what really helps is I do really enjoy the sound of my own voice. And so that really <laughs> did uh, fuel that particular masterclass. Really did. <laughs> Alison, I'm delighted to hear that you're back in doing not just stand-up comedy, but you're, uh, what's the word, Maureen? You're much better at vocabulary than mine. Since the menopause, I've lost words like because and it's and and. You know when you, you sort of branch out, yeah. don't you? And, and you, 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 oh, you're extending your palate. Yeah. Let's say that. That sounds good. That wasn't what I wanted to say, but extending your palate sounds vaguely correct. <laughs> you can't be good all the time. Hey, come on. Did you teach them that in the masterclass? <laughs> I'm going to close my internet. Don't close your internet. <laughs> I meant my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Oh, I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, we're going to have to go to classic again because Jen's never there to point out what I'm doing wrong. Oh, I don't really notice my Be More Morning moments at the moment. So this is a classic. I was seeing a guy in Berlin and he made me a cup of tea. I don't drink tea. But instead of telling him that, because I don't believe in honesty at the beginning of a relationship, <laughs> I just left it there, waited for him to leave the kitchen. I thought, I just know what, I'll pour it down the sink. Now, at the time, there was a plumber who was fixing the U-bend of the sink actually had to step over his body to get to the sink and then I threw the tea no. down the sink Maureen. yep all over him dashed it onto his face he just started going mental obviously because I just thrown hot tea all over his face I'd been speaking fluent German up to then and then as soon as he started shouting I went oh awfully sorry gotta go I thought it was a character from Downton Abbey refused to speak any German <laughs> and the flatmate the guy I was seeing when the best thing about it Maureen was plumber tidied up like I'd, I left it <laughs> And the plumber had to tidy up all the tea. 
Basically, what Maureen did, as far as the plumber is concerned, is walk up to him, dash some hot tea in his face, and then walk off saying, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't understand German. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay then. It didn't connect that if he's fixing the U bend, then perhaps throwing tea down the sink might not be a good idea. No, you're like, This is what I'm doing. I am getting rid of this tea before he comes back. Oh my God, I scalded you. That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I can almost relate to it because I have done something very similar when I locked Chloe, myself, and at the time our two children who were just six months old in the loft (laughs) what happened was we'd gone upstairs because the boiler wasn't working our house that was being sort of like converted took uh, just an insane amount of time to get done and we had been staying in another place and then we arrived in sort of March and it was freezing the house was freezing we went upstairs to try and get the boiler sorted God knows why we were all up there, but we were all up there. But Chloe said, we haven't put door handles on any of the doors yet. Whatever you do, don't close the door. I was like, I'm not going to... Oh, my God. I said, I'm not going to close... <laughs> I'm not going to close the door, am I? What do you think I am? And uh, anyway, one of the boys started to crawl out. And I thought, oh, he's heading for the stairs. I don't want him so to I'll get to the stairs. The... I'll just oh close the... God. I'll just shut the door. <laughs> so I shut the door, Alison, and locked us in the loft with two six-month-old babies and no telephones. I don't know if you've ever seen Chloe uh, angry. Uh-huh. Yes. But um, I was scared for my life. Oh, my God. I did make some, with hindsight, stupid suggestions. Uh why don't I climb out the window? It was a Velux window. She went, good luck. Where are you going to go? I said, okay. I can shout out the window. She was like, to who? Mm-hmm. It's Sunday night. It's, you know, it's like eight or nine o'clock. Who are you shouting to? I said, well, at least you're breastfeeding so the kids will get fed. And uh, I think she threw something at me at that point. I would have thrown something. That's so funny. Oh, my God. It's not funny. How did you get out in the end? Do you know what? This is the thing. It's that at one point, Chloe was like, and then I managed to get us out. And I went, oh, 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 did you? How did you manage to get us out? She went, I can't remember. I said, because it wasn't you. This is what Chloe does. She reinvents history. I said, it was me with a biro. I saw a biro that one of the builders had left and very cleverly in a very sort of, well, MacGyver-esque kind of way, I might say, managed to get us out. I put it in the thing and turned it and voila. Did she say thank you? Alison, you'd be surprised to hear that she didn't thank me. She didn't say thank you. Those were not the words that came out of her mouth. No. (laughs) So, Maureen, I can relate. Uh, I don't think that's something I should have admitted in public. To be fair, I did write it in the book, so it's fine. So it's out there. It's out there as an anecdote written down. It's actually funny if you read it in the book, which is available on Amazon um, and all good books. Great Christmas present, isn't it, Jen? It's a great Christmas present. Buy it for your mum. Buy it for your loved ones. Buy it for your five-year-old. Something to read to help them go to sleep. <laughs> Someone buy the bloody thing, will you? For crying out loud, I don't. Know I've got no idea if anyone's bought it. To be honest. So, well, thank you, Maureen. That was a wonderful, uh, I love a classic, um, although I would like you to create some new Be More Maureens. I probably have, but I just haven't noticed them, have I? Well, I mean, every time I'm with you, there are points where I go, oh, I should write them down. I go, I'll tell this one. (laughs) So now I think it's time for yours and possibly my favourite part of the show, Maureen. It's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym. Get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice, I ain't using it. Yeah. All right.
right, this week, someone has written in, I am attracted to my best friend's partner. Mm, your best friend, hey? You're attracted to your best friend's boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner, whatever. Oh. Yeah, it's not specific, is it? No. Look, at I keep thinking it's she is attracted to him, but it could be any which way. So I'll admit, I have been physically stimulated by some friends' partners. I admit it. I've seen some good-looking partners out there. To me, instinctively, and I'm not judging, it just, I would never, I couldn't, you know? What about you guys? I mean... I'm, I'm an all looks, don't touch kind of girl. Yeah, I'll look. I agree I wouldn't go there, but I mean, I, I generally, I'm not attracted to Oh, it. Maureen's the opposite. She's not attracted to her friend's partners. She's repulsed by them. <laughs> <laughs> and not just physically, just mentally. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I had a best friend who kept trying to get me to spend time with her boyfriend because she wanted us to become best friends. I thought he was a bellend. She thought if I spent more time with him, mm-hmm. I would like him. I go, no, the more time I spend with him, the more I'm convinced he's a bellend. <laughs> so I think, you know, if it's a good friend, I'm not interested because I think if you if someone's going to cheat with you, they're going to probably cheat on you later. Yeah, excellent point, Maureen. That was my mind went there, right? Well, sure, you're attracted to this guy, but if this guy ever did all of a sudden, you know, turn around and or this person turn around and go, oh, yeah. I, I like the you. way you've already decided it's a woman and a guy and that's it. Oh, I shouldn't, I'm trying to turn it around. It could be anything though, everyone. Yeah, it could be a guy talking about a woman or it could be a woman talking mm-hmm. about a woman or a guy talking about a guy. Let's keep yeah. it open. Let's keep our minds yeah. blank. Open, Not open. blank. Let's let's have something in our minds. Blank. Keep them <laughs> let's blank. keep our minds completely blank. That'll but then help. a cheater's a cheater. And if you think of it that way, so are you still attracted to this person? Yeah. Doesn't make you feel so special. That's a great, I love that, Maureen. Yeah. You know, I once, this married man asked for my number once. And I, I gave it to him in front of his wife. And um, he was right. She didn't understand him. Yeah, that's grim. That's totally grim. Like, I think if you're attracted to your friend's partner, who cares? That sometimes that's like a passing thing and you'll get over it and blah, blah, blah. It's if it's reciprocated. And it sounds to me like that probably is the problem. So otherwise, it's not really a problem, is it? Because we've all had like, we've all had crushes that are like inappropriate. Where we've gone for like, that's not something that I should really indulge in. Um, And then it passes, doesn't it? But it sounds to me that it's possibly that this person. Then maybe they're getting some signals or something. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I went down a little rabbit hole because I was like, I want to read about this. I want to see, you know, because obviously this is happening in the world. Anyway. Oh, it's very common. Loads of people who admitted to fully, completely falling head over heel for their best friend's partner without that partner even, like they created it in their head. It was fascinating to see how many people actually admitted that behavior. I was like, isn't that interesting? Okay, so attracted to best friend's partner. Here's kind of what I thought about. What's your current situation? I think possibly you could be projecting. I mean, what's going on in your life? Is this person that you see, are they just fulfilling a fantasy? Are you missing something? Are you alone? Are you single? Are you bored? You know, where are you at? What's going on with you? Are you really attracted to them? Is there something else? If you think you are, I'm a list girl. Do a list, pros and cons in regards to what would happen, right? Think about everyone's life, all the pros and cons. You got your best friend's life that's going to be affected. You got yours. You got this guy. You got, do you have a partner? Play it all out. Don't live in this fantasy. Examine your behavior. How much time are you talking to this person, texting this person? Why are you doing that? If Friends are friends, right? So your best friend really wants you to get along with her boyfriend. So numbers are exchanged. Who, and No. I know. I think there are certain, let's put it like this. If this is your best friend then that has to be the relationship that is the most important relationship, right? I mean, that is the person that you put first. Yeah. And so everything outside of that is like, well, then that's kind of your problem. You've got to deal with that. I've never been in a situation where my friend has been like, 
I really want you to get super close to my partner and I really want you to text them when I'm not here. And if you could have a separate relationship with them. Late at night. That would be great. I mean, that has never happened. At best, my friends have been like, I just don't want you to hate this person. They will sometimes come in the kitchen when we're having a chat because they apparently they're allowed to use the fridge. So please don't volley <laughs> shit at them, okay? And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'll agree to that. So... That's as much as my friends have ever expected of me in terms of their partners. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine what situation it would be where you would be messaging privately your best friend's partner. That's bizarro. Yeah, yeah that's weird. And I think if you started it, you kind of already in your mind, you've disrespected your friend, but that's just my opinion. But I want to be fair because there's probably a bunch of different situations out there. Um Make changes based on all those things. Manage your feelings. Cut down on the amount of time you spend with this person. So, yes, if it's your best friend's partner, fine. Maybe you need to just start spending time with your best friend. I'd be like, hey, let's just you and me. Bit more thing. Uh, somebody was like, oh, it's hard because my best friend talks about her partner and I'm still so attracted to him. And I was like, well... I guess, you know, if you're really working on keeping this friend, you tell a white lie and say you don't want to talk of relationship stuff right now. Maybe you're just not in the mood. You make it about something else. Keep your feelings to yourself, especially if they haven't expressed it. I read a story about a girl who, like, totally went at it and, like, told this guy how much she loved him and confessed to her best friend. And it was, like, just horrible because the guy was like, I was just nice to you. And it, it was a bad situation. So then I'm like, oh, my God, you've destroyed so many. Oh, it's so bad, so bad. Uh, and if you decide to pursue this relationship over the friendship, have enough guts to at least say it to your friend and be straight up. Sheesh kebabs. If you can't do that, then that says something. If you can, well, then good luck. Have great sleeps at night, and if the two of you fall in love, you deserve each other. But I'm just saying, I think you got to be pretty straight up again with all parties involved, including yourself more than anything. Yeah, I just think you need to like have a little word with yourself. <laughs> yeah, you need to look yourself in the mirror. You need to have one of those mirror moments where you're like, hey, hey, you, are you listening? Yeah. What are you doing with yourself? God. Usually that comes when you've had too much to drink and you're in some shitty pub and you're like, get it together. You will not vomit. You will get out of this place. Smack yourself in the face. That's what you got to do in situations like this. You got to do that dirty, grimy mirror look and go, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I agree. And uh, get a fucking grip. And I hope that that, that bit of non-judgmental advice from me at the end really. <laughs> this is your best friend. Your best friend. Don't F over your best friend. Your best friend. See, the problem solved with me and Jen, because obviously Jen's gay and I'm straight, so there's Chloe's pretty safe. You and Chloe do get on very well, though, which I find very galling. <laughs> so I'm not happy about that. I won't go on about how great your wife is, but she's great. She's very organized, and I love her cleanliness and her organizational skills. It drives me nuts, yeah. There's lists everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Alison, thank you very much. That was brilliant, as always. Great advice. Uh, if you do have a problem, no matter how small or large or indeed medium-sized, do contact Alison at womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com and give us a problem. Well, I say us. I'm not going to be involved at all. It's Alison. She's the dream agony aunt. I'll research your problems. I'm going to read everything I can about it and tell you what I think. Yeah, and she's brilliant. That's it. As we've demonstrated time and again on this podcast, <laughs> time and again that you are a genuinely bona fide agony aunt that should literally have your own podcast. Not now. We won't allow it. Uh, you have to stay here. Um, but in the future. It's good to share, everyone. Take my advice. I ain't using it, right? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> so I think it's only fair that we should find out what we've been watching this week. Let's start with you, Maureen. What have you been watching? Well, I actually finished the Enola Holmes movie on Netflix. So I got to the end. Well, I mean, it's a movie. Isn't that normally just a one hit thing? Uh, well, no, because I kept interrupting it because I couldn't, I just didn't, wasn't, you know. Get into it? Oh, yeah, Enjoy I just it? watched it in bits and pieces. Like it? You know what? It's got a, it's Icy Heron, it's got a feminist message. There's a new young guy in it who's very, very good. It's all right. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's fine. It's got the young girl in it from um, Stranger Things. Like, yeah, Millie Bobby Brown or something. Oh, she's great. Yeah. yeah, she's very good in it. She is very yeah. good in it. And there's good a young actress. guy in it who's new who's very good in it as well. Yeah, it's it's fine, you know, but I, it wasn't one of those things where I felt I had to stay to watch to the end in one go. I could like, come in and come out again. I don't often do that in a film. If I'm out, I'm usually out. Oh, are you? I don't go back yeah. in. A couple of films that I just I didn't finish, just not because I didn't enjoy them, but just because something happened or, I don't know, the kids cried and then I was like, oh, I'm so tired, I'll go to bed. That's it. That film's dead to me. I won't be going back <laughs> really, to Really? You'll never finish? No, that's quite strict. Well, I have certain rules that I live by, Maureen, and, and that is... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't kill. I don't go back on movies I haven't finished. I don't. There's just one of my many Brister commandments. Uh, Brister moments. Brister. Brister I tell you, there is a classic on BBC at the moment, North by Northwest with Cary Grant, which is brilliant, and James. Oh, Mason. I have seen that. That is a great movie. Oh, that is such yeah, a good yeah. movie. It's Hitchcock, isn't it? It's one of the best Hitchcocks, yeah. and Cary Grant, who is a genius, is absolutely brilliant in it. 
He, oh God, he was gorgeous, gorgeous man. He's always looks so dapper, always so very dapper. What about you, Brister? Um, I have been watching I Hate Susie, which is a Lucy Preble, Billy Piper comedy drama. I think it's kind of more comedy than drama, but no, there is a lot of drama in it, but it's very funny as well. Um, which is on Sky Atlantic, but I have access to now television, so that's where I found it. And I've I've watched five episodes, so I think I'm more than halfway through now. And I'm very much enjoying it. Billy Piper's brilliant in it. It's got a very small cast, actually, like a very small core cast, and they're all really good in it. And it's about, I suppose, a famous sort of a teen idol that's now an actor that's, that's in some sort of sci-fi show, and her sex tape is leaked. And uh, suffice to say, the sex tape is not of her and her husband. And basically how a world starts to crumble and fall apart. It's great. It's really well written. It's really funny. It has the longest masturbation scene I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it does go on for about 34 minutes. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And it's really good to see female characters that are so wholly, completely and utterly flawed but very watchable because usually that was the domain of men, wasn't it? To be the flawed ones and then the women were always together. Mm-hmm. And Understanding. For me, I still find shows like that, although they're becoming more frequent with things like Fleabag and I May Destroy You, to see shows where women are at the forefront and they are the protagonist rather than the antagonist and, and all the stuff's happening to them. And yeah, I just loved it. I highly recommend. What about you, Alison? Well, uh, because of the prom this week, I went and visited an old favourite of mine. Horror movie. Okay, so we're in horror movie time? Yeah, we're in horror movie time. So this is a little tale about when infidelity goes wrong and a bunny dies. Take a guess. Fatal Attraction. I've seen this movie. It's great, isn't it? I know some people might say thriller, but I say horror because Bunny Boiled. It gets really, like, intense. It gets dark. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael Douglas, can I say, too, so many sex scenes with this man over the years, and one of the most unattractive men when I imagine sexually. Oh, 100%. He always gets put in the sex roles, and I'm like, But he's, he's always the guy that's having sex that deep down you're like, Ift. I, I that looks awful and wrong. It's a weird position. Your penis is not in there. Yeah. Oh God. If it's in there, your penis has got right angles. How did it get in there? It's got... <laughs> you should see a doctor. But it's nothing like the room. If you've ever seen the room where he seems to have sex with her belly button, that's what it seems like every time I watch. What's the... Oh, oh yeah, the room. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. We've talked about it. One of the worst movies ever Just made. Just for a second, I yeah. thought you were talking about Room, and I was like, No, no, no. no. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm completely different. Pretty movie. sure there's not a sex scene in there. A very different movie. But yeah, Glenn Close is amazing, so good, is a woman obsessed. And this is what happens when you're not honest with yourself and keyed into what is truly reality and around you. But also don't sleep with people when you're married, sorry. Or unless you're open and you've had a discussion and you're in that sort of thing, and then that's great. Oh, I don't buy into that. You know what people do, but for me, I'm just like, oh, ah, ah. for purposes, let's just follow guidelines. And unless you communicate openly with your partner about stuff, just don't do it then. If I had seen a scene where he had sat down with his wife and been like, I might sleep with somebody while I'm on the road, and she was like, okay, then you know what? No bunny would have died. It would have been a very shit movie, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be a short movie, but we would have (laughs) learned more as a society on. Do you think um, it's aged well, that trope about mental women? Because, Uh, I mean, that was the start of that. Yeah. 
catchphrase, wasn't it, Bunny Boiler? I think it's aged well because there's still movies with the same sort of concept out there right now. Okay, okay. You know, I think it's still a a problem. What, crazy ladies boiling bunnies? No! (laughs) (laughs) Love and anger and obsession and attraction. I never understand why Glenn Close is obsessed with him because he's such a douche. Her obsession with him is the biggest mystery. I know. The thing about fatal attraction is, is that he's supposed to be scared of her. And I'm like, the reality is, is that most stalking cases are men. The other way around. The other way. And then the woman very much doesn't survive it. But anyway. Yeah, but what what you're forgetting is a man wrote the movie. A man produced it. Men put it out there because they need to perpetuate the idea that we are crazy psychopaths. Yeah, which actually leads on quite nicely, actually, to cultural corner Maureen but we'll come to that in just a second oh yes cultural corner no we can go so, to that right now let's go right into it should let's we just go in. into well look slide we into cultural corner we can't do it without the and now it's going to be Maureen's cultural corner uh-huh. I haven't started it Maureen we... hello I'm going to start that again <laughs> it's time for Maureen's cultural corner there we go. It doesn't feel right without it. It doesn't, does it? This time it's book club and this month's book was The Vanishing Act of Esme Lennox and what happens is Iris, who's this young woman having a, a relationship with a married man, dubious relationship with her stepbrother and she finds out she's got this um, aged aunt that she knew nothing about who's in an asylum that's about to be closed down and that she's her guardian and it's all the story about she finds out, we find out through her story, the story of Esme, who's the one in the asylum, and her sister Kitty, how Esme disappeared, just vanished from society. Jen, you loved it. You read it in about a day, didn't you? I read it in a day. Amazing. Yeah. But that was because the children were out and I was like, I've got a day, so I've got to read this book. <laughs> what do you think? I loved it. I loved it from start to finish. I found it quite traumatising at, at points. I found I did have a good weep in places. I just found it so sad. And also it made me realise that I, had I been born just several decades earlier... Oh, I would have had electric shock therapy by now. One of the reasons I chose it is very well written, but also it makes you realise, you know when people go, oh, I'm not a feminist. <laughs> Women were, until very recently, put in an asylum. Your husband could do it, your father could do it, and they all had to get was a GP to sign it, refusing to get married, uh, wanting to go have an education going on walks by themselves. I mean, these are all things that women today, like having your own job, being educated, living on your own, choosing who to sleep with, that's normal. That's kind of, we accept that that's an everyday part of our lives. Less than 100 years ago, we couldn't have done any of that. And it's just, it's so sad when you see the life of this this young girl who's who's so vivacious and lively and got a sense of adventure. And her whole life is just destroyed because, you know, one incident. It's gut-wrenching. And also these places, irrespective of your mental health, were appalling. If you could imagine that somebody has any kind of mental illness of any sort, no matter how mild or how severe, it doesn't matter, that these people were dehumanised and treated like animals. They weren't treated like human beings. And the very idea that you would deliberately put a child into a facility like that, even if they had the most severe of mental health problems, is just appalling because the neglect 
just of like any kind of like visual or oral stimulation, you can't even fathom it. And it really wasn't that long ago. And these facilities, you know, in some places have only recently been closed in like the 70s and 80s. Yeah, 20 years and 30 years. And even yeah. now, I think we still, uh, there's a real stigma around mental health and the way that we treat people with mental health issues of any kind. And also the book is set out like it's a puzzle. So you're having to figure out what is happening to this young woman and to this child and to Iris in the future. Three different stories, haven't you? Yeah, I loved it. You know, we talked about Cary Grant earlier. I believe his mother, his father wanted to get a, a younger model. So he dumped his wife in the uh, asylum and then Cary Grant had to get her out when he was famous. So that's a frightening thing. You could just, you know, you could just be put away like that. Well, I was talking to Maureen about this, but my aunt, my great aunt, was uh, lived her entire life in a facility like that in Spain. And my mum, to this day, believes that the reason why she was put in there was because she had very bad PMT and would be quite erratic and quite difficult. And they didn't know how to manage her, so they stuck her in a hospital. And she lived her entire life there. She was finally told that she could leave in her late 70s. And um, they were like, you can go now. And she was like, where? And they were like, just go out. And she was like, I, I, I don't want to go. Of course she doesn't. So she stayed there and she died there. She was completely institutionalised. Yeah, this was very normal. And not just in this country, but I think everywhere. So the the book is, um, I'm probably not selling it. It sounds like an absolute traumathon. These things seep in through the novel. So it's not as bleak as perhaps me and Jen are making out. We're just highlighting the points that it makes. But it's very well done because it, it counterbalances it with the, the young woman who's living a life that obviously her her great-grandparents could, could never dream of. Yes, it's a really good read. It's actually... I, a bit like the last uh, My Sister the Serial Killer it's not a long read so I mean I, you can devour it in a couple of days if you've got the time and it's beautifully written it's beautifully written I've never read anything by Maggie O'Farrell before but I will certainly be reading more and and also I love the backdrop of Edinburgh uh, it's one of my favourite cities so it's, it's it's that's where it's set and coming up we've got for our next book is Oh You Pretty Thing which is a selection of short stories by V.G. Lee and there's comedy romance friendship family love and loss and we'll be talking to VG Lee on the 20th of October. If you want to join us, uh, WTB Book Club, check that out on Facebook. I got them. They're downloaded, ready to go. You'll love them. They're really, really good. So I'm looking forward to rereading them, I have to say. That's Culture Club today. Culture Corner. Uh, we're nearing, once again, the end of the podcast. But we still have time for... Wait, 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 Jen. I would like to know... Oh. What's got your goat this week? What's got your goat this week? I just wrote that on the spot. I want you to know that. Oh, my God. That is... The... No one's ever written a song for me before. There you go. I feel... I actually feel like I'm welling up. What's got your goat this week, girl? What's got your goat? What's got my goat this week? i tell you what's got my goat this week. I have had long covid symptoms now for months and they've just got progressively worse the last three weeks i have not been able to do very, i've been able to do very little and sadly alison maureen and leanne have had to hear me moaning 
about my <laughs> my health. You're not moaning. That's not a moan. All right. I have imparted a lot of information about my, my health. And I've suddenly realized that I've hit an age now where that seems to be, I'm not even embarrassed to be talking about my health. And it, I actually want, actively want people to ask me just so I can dip in and moan. So I don't even know if this has got my goat. It's got my goat that I'm constantly feeling unwell. That has definitely got my goat. And what also has got my goat is the fact that nobody has any bloody idea what's wrong with me because I've had all the blood tests. And also what's got my goat is that when you tell a doctor what you think is wrong with your body, they do that thing where they look at you and go, well, I, hmm, I'm going to say it's probably, we don't, we can't, we don't know, do we? So let's not make any suppositions. And you're like, what? Have you ever been in a, have you ever been in a room with a doctor and just, just as they're talking, you think your bedside manner sucks dicks, mate. Okay. So maybe that's got my goat. There seems to be quite a lot of things have got my goat, but if we're going around in the corner, this doctor's not listening yes. to me. That's got my goat. There we are. We've got to the crux of it. That was the thing that's really got my goat is feeling unwell going to a doctor and then being told there's probably nothing wrong with me. That gets my goat. Can anyone relate? Yes. Great. Yeah, Jen. I think a lot of people can. You're not alone. I once had my shoulder was so stiff I couldn't move it and the guy went, I'll give you some ibuprofen. It was like, that's not really going to solve my shoulder not moving, no. is it? I mean, I said, uh, oh, um, I'm just tired all the time. And, da, 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 da. and he went, well, we've checked your heart. We've checked this. We've checked that. He said, do you want an ECG? I said, do I want an ECG? He went, do you, I mean, you can have one if you want one. I was like, do I need one? He was like, to oh. be honest with you, I don't think you need one. I said, but I'll book you in for one, shall I? And I went, no, don't book, don't. I was like, why are you booking me in for an ECG that you've already established I don't need? Mm -hmm. And he's just like, do you fancy mm -hmm. it? And it's like, it's not like I'm at the fair and it's like, do you want to go on the dodgems? Do you fancy that, sweetheart? Just to shut you Let's up. scream if you want to go faster. No, I don't. I don't want, <laughs> what I want is for you <laughs> to just, to listen to me and maybe say, do you know what? We don't know what's wrong with you. Chances are it could be long COVID. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do a little bit of research. Come back to you. How about that? I tell you what, my bedside manner would be absolutely on the ball, wouldn't it? I tell you, you'd be appalling. <laughs> Maureen, shush. My bedside manner would be incredible because <laughs> I've got a lot of empathy, Maureen. That's what you forget about me. And don't forget my emotional intelligence. Maureen's face, if you can see it right now. I have a great deal of empathy and emotional intelligence. And patience. Oh, not much of that. <laughs> Jen, I think it's crap you've been sick for so long and then it keeps lingering and it just goes on and on. So I'm sorry you're going through that, but I'm glad you talked about it because I think there are a lot of people who are suffering of the same sort of thing. So Yeah, and if you are, just know that you're not alone, that I too am suffering and that literally there's no help out there for you. So just <laughs> I hope that you get some sort of solace from knowing that despite uh... the fact there's no help, that there's another person that's me, by the way, struggling. But with a great deal of stoicism. No? Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> that was three women's faces that, that didn't support that particular statement. Anyway, listen, this is over. We've finished. We've done it. We've, uh, yet another episode. It's in the can. We've kicked it in the dick. There it is. It's finished. We've completed it at the end. Um, good. We're done. Are we ending it with that? Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win. Thank you.
Well, that too. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.